Chris and I realized after we recorded this episode that we made a rookie mistake and we didn't quite have all of our audio settings dialed in just right. So hopefully that doesn't get in the way of you listening and having great takeaways this week from this episode. Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. I'm really excited for today's discussion. It's something that Melissa has been sharing with me, I'd say for a couple months now that she wanted to talk about on the podcast. And she taught this to me after a class that she attended. And I really like it. And I think it's such a great way to look at parenting. So I'm going to let Melissa give us the context for it. And then we're going to, we're going to talk about how we are experiencing this in our family right now. Yes. So the timing is right. It's like, we just went to our first, um, we live in a small town now, right? So we went to the hometown football game, you know, tis the season Friday night lights. And this is actually a football analogy to parenting. And I did hear this, um, in a class like a decade ago, probably. And I remember at the time being like, oh, what a cool analogy. But I feel like lately we are actually living in this analogy. So it's just been kind of on the top of my mind as our older two boys get, um, our oldest Tate, he just started high school. And then we have one in eighth grade, you know, just the dynamics and the roles of a parent are changing for us. Um, And it just brings me back to this analogy about football that I really liked. So basically it's like all the different phases of parenting are like, you can compare them to a football game. So when your kids are little from the time they're little to the time they're eight, you basically start out as the quarterback. And as the quarterback, you are calling all the shots. You're like in the middle of the game with your helmet on, with your pads and you call everything. Like Coordinate everything. Everything. And they probably didn't share this at the class, but as a quarterback, you're also taking some shots. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you can run over at times. Mauled. <laughs> yes. But it's up to you to say like, these are, I mean, and there's challenges with this, of course, but like, this is what you're wearing. This is where we're going and what we're doing. Um, you tell them when to block and when to pump the ball, you know, you know, take You're the, the leader. Yes. Take the analogy as far as you want, but you are the leader calling all the shots. And I'll go a bit further with it. And it's our job and responsibility um, as a parent. Oh, I forgot who I... I, heard, I learned this in a class, but it's originally from someone um, named Kevin Thoreau, I think is how you say his name. This is his analogy. But he talks about how it's also our responsibility in this phase that as your... Um, you know, inevitably our children are learning in this phase. So it's your job when they're doing well in the game, you're like, you're right there saying like praise and great job. You're doing great. And then, you know, when they're not doing as well, then it's our job to teach them how to do better. Like we're teaching them on the field in real time, like how to play the game. Anything to add to that phase? Actually kind of reminds me of, this is throughout parenting, but challenge and support. Mm -hmm. You're doing a bit of both, but yeah, they're, they're largely looking to you to probably make the decision or they're looking to you to really 
either have you decide or really help them decide what is the right strategy or what's the right decision to make. Yes. Okay. So this brings us to the next phase of parenting. You started as a quarterback and then around the time your kid reaches eight years old, you suddenly move into a new position. You take off the helmet and the pads and you pick up the clipboard and you move to the sidelines. So you now become the coach. And this makes sense to me because, you know, your child is in school. You're not there with them every day. They're spending more time outside of the home away from, you know, your, your watchful eye. And so you are hopefully like you've drawn up all the plays and you basically have, um, your kid knows like what to do and stuff, you've but taught them the offense. you've taught them the offense. <laughs> they know the scheme. <laughs> yes, but you're not there like executing. So you move to the quarterback. Um, you mean the coach. Or sorry, you move to the coach they to the sidelines. The they are the quarterback. Yep, they're quarterbacking the game. And then, this is what Chris and I have been dealing with. So you're still uh, the coach. Dealing with as in not like. Like it's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, not a negative. Like, yeah, no, just happening. Around the, uh, ten, the time a child reaches age of 13 to 15, they start calling audibles on the field. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Stick to the game plan. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny because I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so true. I see that in my life right now. We had this perfectly executed plan, so I thought, and it's like they're they're calling these shots that we didn't we didn't discuss this beforehand. We didn't say this was okay. Okay, so to to go with that analogy a little bit, when you're the quarterback, they're obviously looking to you to run the offense, call the plays guide them and they're just totally following you then in the eight to 13 they become the quarterback but still largely based off of the plays you're calling yeah as you, the coach they're following the, the strategy the scheme yeah the their game yeah their game to like take your advice and everything you're saying as a coach is like yeah and then at 13 to 15 they're like well i might have a better offense i might have better plays i may know more than you <laughs> Or just like more confidence, more independence. Okay, yeah, I totally. And so, and we've had some audibles call too. <laughs> and somebody says like that could be so frustrating. I you have this picture of a coach on the sideline, you know, throwing his clipboard, <laughs> taking off his like headset or whatever, yelling and screaming. But it's like that's not actually going to do any good. That's not going to make the child want to come over to you and. Well, like it or not, advice. they're the ones out on the field. Yeah. It's their game. It's their life. Yeah. And I guess this is something that I've been challenged to remember lately is like, okay, my role is changing. My role is no longer to like be in the game and like call all the shots. Like this is something that they have to learn. Like they have to have some trial and error and they have to figure some of this out on their own. And I'm right here as the coach, like willing to coach them, but it's not, I'm not in the game anymore. I think it's interesting with the age of our kids, we have all of that. Mm-hmm. Some of our kids were the quarterback for them. Some of our kids were the were the head coach or the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Some of our kids, they're the quarterback, and some of our kids are at the place where they're ready to call their own plays. Totally. And sometimes I want to lump them all in together. Like sometimes it's hard when I'm parenting, when we're parenting like a five-year-old in you know a certain way. To then immediately transition to like, okay, now I'm parenting a 15 year old and that has to look different. And I'm laughing because our five year old is, I think, this way by nature, but also growing up with siblings, 
is like, well, I'm ready to call audibles at five. <laughs> Cause it's just what she sees everyone else doing, you know, everyone else is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Okay. So does it, the analogy carry on? So is there something that you, do you move into another position as they get older from head coach? Yes. Okay. So 13 to 15, they start to call audibles till about. It says around the time they're 18 and they become, this is just his theory. But I like the analogy. Whether I this is, you can wrap your mind around it. Yeah. Whether it's true for you or not. I just like the analogy. So around the time they turn 18 and I, and I can see this in my own life. Like I remember around the time I graduated and left for college, I felt like, Oh, maybe my mom does know something about something and I should ask her advice. So around the time the child turns 18 legally in the United States, at least um, they're an adult, like they're totally on their own. And at this time, hopefully they see your wisdom and they more consistently like are beginning to follow the game plan again, but you move to the cheerleader position because they, they are like on their own. Mm -hmm. So you move off the sideline and, and into the cheerleader position and you cheer. Even if your team is losing like a hundred to zero, like you cheer and that's your job. So you show up and like you're, you show up and support. Yeah. And cheer and cheer them on and, yeah. Okay. Um, and he says that sometimes your child might think that you're still the coach and they might run over to you as a cheerleader and be asking you like, Hey, what should I do? But it, he says to remember like that it's just your job now to cheer. That's all you do. And of course you can offer advice, but um, his suggestion actually is to tell them like, Hey, I actually have a coach that I'm consulting with. I would recommend you, you take on my coach, which is God. Like if you have a question, mm. what you should do, like try, try my, try my coach, God. Well, actually the whole time I've been thinking like, what is the, again, I, I kind of like this analogy because I like football, but I think it just, it makes sense. It's like, but what is the offense we've been teaching them their entire lives? Mm. Like what are the plays we've been teaching them? What's the strategy? Yeah. And for me, at least I don't, we've, we've never discussed this. To I me, think I know where you're going, but I like this. Keep going. The plays we're calling the offense we've been designing is our family's values. That is that those are the plays. Like it, that is like the culture we're creating and our mission statement, our vision. That's the offensive strategy and that's the plays. And so from zero to eight, we're making values based decisions, hopefully, and our kids are observing that and we're, help, and we're doing it on their behalf and we're trying to be a demonstration of it. From eight to 13, 15, like you said, we're calling the play, we're, 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 we're helping with the strategy, but we're letting them call some of the plays. And then yeah, you hope the audibles they call are like values-based audibles, that they're making decisions based off your family's values. And then at 18, they might still come to you and it's like, look, I've taught you the offense, which basically is like, I've really tried to teach you how to discover who you are and what, and I've tried to really help you develop what, you know, an identity around what you stand for. And now maybe it's time to like cheerlead them in like trusting that mm -hmm. and trusting who they are. Yeah. I love that. And I think you're right. Um, you know, that the offensive strategy could be your family brand. It could be, you know, if you adhere to some type of religious, um, I don't know what the right word is here, but beliefs. yeah, beliefs that could help draw up your game plan. It could be anything, but it's just this, what your family subscribes to. And then the last thing, well, let me just touch on this. So, he's, so that he says when they're 18, you recommend like, Hey, yeah, I consult. I consult this coach, God, I consult him daily. Like, why don't you, 
he's good. Why don't you <laughs> why don't you try him? I thought that was kind of a cool yeah. analogy too. I also think it's important for our kids to see us doing that. And also our, I think it's important for our kids to observe us consulting with real like like a coach, a consultant, mm-hmm. having a mentor, like someone that they see us like continuing to receive guidance and coaching from. Yeah, that you've never just have it all figured out and know exactly what you're doing. Totally. And then the last stage is when you become a grandparent and you move from cheerleader, like up into the stands, like up into the nosebleeds. And it's just your job to like cheer and root for them. And he talks about how you can be a different, there's like three different fans you could be. You can be like the best fan who's always rooting for them, cheering for them. A not great fan who's always critical of the decisions they're making, what they're doing with their lives. Or you can be a fair weather fan who you're, you only show up when you're interested or when like things are going good for them. Or when things are going the way you would want them to go. Totally. Um, and I like that too, because, you know, sometimes it is, I just love that analogy too. Like the best fans are there, like rain or shine, cheering, cheering their team on. I think one of the things that's been important for me to recognize recently is, as we have children who, and I love the fact that our, we have two boys who are teenagers. Like I've never wanted to look at it like, oh man, you know, teenagers. And like, I just, I, I don't ever want to buy into that mm-hmm. narrative or, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, like someone turns five, okay, they're five. Someone turns 15, okay, they're 15. Someone turns 30, they're 30. It's like, it's just part of, and I do think obviously there's things happening with teenagers uh, with the changes in their, their hormones and their body. And but one of the things that I've really, that's been useful for me to think about is it's becoming more more apparent to me than ever before that I can't control my children, nor do I want to, but that's a hard thing to come to the realization of like, I'm not in control. Like I I can't make every decision for them and I can't control their decisions and I don't want to, but I also can't let their decisions control me. And I think that's a tempting thing to do sometimes as a parent is your, your happiness or your fulfillment lives and dies on the decision of each of your children. And I, I think it's easy to do that. But I think that's part of when you step into that cheerleader role or you start to step into up into the stands or there's elements of it throughout life where it's like, yeah, look, I, I will always show up for you. I'll always be committed to you. I've taught you the best offense and the best plays I know how to teach you. And I trust you to execute the offense. And I'm not just going to turn a blind eye. But that's been, yeah, I really had to confront that and struggle with that here recently is, yeah, I can't. I'm not in control. But I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want anyone to try and be in control of me. Yeah. And that's the whole design is that we raise our ch- children so they do get to a place where they live happily and independently of us. So what are some, any practical takeaways that you would suggest? Because I know that this has been impactful to you and I've loved this conversation. I think it's really fun. And I think it's really useful. But yeah, any 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 takeaways that you would, as you've been thinking about it? Yeah. One thing that that I wanted to say is I feel like you've been really good lately about um, saying this to our kids. Like, I think we think about how, um, you know, our kids are moving into these different phases, like phases, like, okay, now they're, you know, they're growing up, but sometimes I feel like we um, like that they're entering, entering these milestones for the first time. But I think sometimes we forget that like, this is all new for us as, as parents too, as we, as our children reach these different milestones, it's new for us too. So I love lately that you've been telling our boys, like, Hey, this is this is actually my first time raising a teenager or a fifteen year old or whatever. And to go back to the analogy, like, hey, I just I just left the quarterback position. This is my first time at head coach. Like, I might I'm doing the best that I can, but I might not be getting it completely right. Or, you know, I just became a cheerleader 
you know, sometimes I might slip back into my role as, as coach, like forget, forget my position or, you know, however you want to describe it. But I think it's cool how lately you've been telling the boys and reminding them to like, Hey, this is my first time. I might not get it right. Like be patient with me. Like I'll be patient with you. Like we'll figure this out together. Yeah. And it's been really useful. I think one to realize that to like, you know, I remember recently with our 15 year old, I was just like, dude, I, you're the first 15 year old I've ever had. Like I've never raised a 15 year old and I'm trying to my best to remember what it was like when I was 15 and trying to really, but dude, I can promise you that I'm like committed to you and I love and support you. And we can talk about anything without judgment and like, you know, reminding of some of our values and what we stand for and like, but it, it's been helpful for me to say it out loud to realize and grant myself some grace. But I feel like he, he and my other son, that as, as I've shared that, I feel like they really have been like, oh, yeah, this is your first time. Like, I will be, you know, a little more understanding. And I think you can just, yeah. Yeah, so that's one takeaway is grant yourself space <laughs> for wherever you're at. And don't forget, you know, maybe to bring that up to your kids. If you feel like, oh, man, I, I kind of messed that up. To go back to go back to them and be like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm learning too. And then another thing would just, um, another takeaway what's been useful for me lately is just remembering kind of like we've been discussing this whole time is that just looking at my life with as my kids are getting older being like okay do I need to step back am I how am I um is my parenting adjusting or adapting to my children as they grow older and they learn more and their needs change or am I staying like stagnant in my parenting Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in, in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.